Welcome to this edition of the Leader's Corner. Today we are going to do something a little different. Our senior leaders take a lifetime of knowledge with them when they move on to civilian life, and they don't always have the chance to impart it all before they leave. So today we're going to play a podcast that was recorded with Command Sergeant Major Ted Copeland just before he retired, where he gives us his parting down-to-earth wisdom before hanging up his hat. It's been a long road, hasn't it, for you to get where you're at today? Uh, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, what, 35 years? Yeah. So I, I assume that's a long road. <laughs> Went pretty fast, though. Right. What, what do you think are some good changes that you've seen in the Army over the course of your career? Well, yeah, I've seen a lot of change. You know, I've seen, you know, one thing, I guess... Before I get to what good changes, uh, it, it cycles, and it's probably like life in general. You know, um, everybody thinks it's you invent the new will, but really have you and and usually, and I've seen in the army probably three, at least three cycles that we almost always get back to where we started at some point. Right. Um, you know, good ideas are good ideas, and maybe for the situation and what's going on at the time, it works. But then, usually at some point. We're rethinking it, and we're almost going back to what we were doing, maybe in just a little different way. Um, you know, so the good changes. You know, I came in, like I said, in the mid '80s. You know, they're you know coming off Vietnam. Mm -hmm. um, I got to see. I didn't really realize it the first few years. Nobody does as a young soldier, um, but as you grow as an into NCO and a leader, you see. I got to see how. Um, the past generate that the previous generation of soldiers coming out of Vietnam um, got back to standards and discipline. I got to see how the NCO Corps became developed in the education system, you ah. know, the non-commissioned officer education system, because there really wasn't any set process until the mid eighties. Um, okay. Every location post division kind of did their own thing with their NCOs. Um, so, so that was probably the best thing I seen was how we developed our non-commissioned officer corps, realizing that they truly are the small unit leaders and they have to be educated, they have to be knowledgeable and know their, their jobs and their skill sets. Hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that uh, the 80s was when the education system was built out. That's, that's very interesting. Yes. Um, Late 70s, early 80s, yeah. Oh, okay. What do you think are some things that the Army needs to get back to? You know, it's probably from what I've been doing all my career, but it was really my kind of my lines of effort here was, and that's right back to, you know, our non-commissioned officer corps. Um, we've come a long ways, don't get me wrong, in the last three years in the Army Reserve, trying to get back to, you know, of course, the standards and discipline, but you know, that NCO being the example, setting the standards and living the standards, knowing what they are and enforcing them, um, um, you know, because of the 10 years since 9-11, and it's been all about, you know, rotational deployments and turnover, and um, we've kind of, you know, we kind of lost a lot of that. Um, so I think we need to keep driving that, you know, that should be the theme, not just in the Army Reserve, but in the Army as a whole, was non-commissioned officers getting back and, and taking the initiative, initiative back. You know, 
what is my responsibility? And it should be a personal responsibility. You know, every mm. young team leader, squad leader, platoon sergeant should take personally how well or how not, how bad their team squad or platoon is. Right. Um, we used to have a verbiage, and you don't hear it much anymore, is there's not a bad soldier, just like there's not a bad team squad or platoon, it's <clears> just <throat> bad leadership. You know, um, soldiers, you know, most of them will do what's required if, if, if it's spelled out and they're, and, you know, they're directed to do so. It's, it's no different than having children. You know, um, if you raise them a little discipline and listening to what you tell them, they do great stuff. Um, if you don't, then, you know, sometimes there's issues. And it's the same thing with soldiers. So we need to keep driving that and keep getting back to that non-commissioned officers are supposed to take charge without direction and without leadership telling them what to do. They should, you know, know that soldiers need to be trained. Soldiers need to be in the right uniform. Soldiers need to be physically fit. Soldiers, you know, um, and that's the young NCO's responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know we've talked about some of that in uh, some of our previous podcasts as well, and um, it's been big on your mind um, in terms of just reestablishing that. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, what your time at Army Reserve Command has meant to you. Well, it's, you know, foremost, it's been a privilege, you know, and an honor to be the command sergeant major of the Army Reserve. Um, you know, like I said, I think we've made great strides. I, you know, I, I don't ever think about trying to leave a legacy, you know, nobody should. That's not, so I don't want anybody to think that's what I'm, I'm trying to say here, you know. But if my philosophy has always been when, you know, when I decided to take another position, of responsibility as a leader, I always initially, always think first: Can I make a difference? Can I improve? Um, there's been old NCOs in the past that always told me, you know, when you get the foxhole, improve it. You know, however much that is, you know, whether you're putting overhead cover on it, you're digging your grenade sumps, improve it, and then when you leave, the next next individual come in and do the same, and you know, everybody improves the foxhole. So, you know. I think I've improved the foxhole when it comes to our non-commissioned officers. I think the message, the culture is out. I think the change is happening. Um, our young NCOs are super. They just, do they really know what we want from them? Do they understand it? And I think we're getting there. I think they're starting to, um, you know, so it's been, you know, I've, been, I've traveled a lot in three years. I've seen more Army Reserve soldiers than probably any of my predecessors got to it wasn't their fault not necessarily their fault it just i've had that ability um to get out see them them see me and i think that you know helped make an impact you know it always astounded me the kind of impact i seen on young soldiers and ncos when they got to talk to me you know yeah. i don't look at myself as no star or nothing you know but it just amazed me sometimes the impact i could see me out actually seeing them, listening to them, and talking to them. Um, so it's been a, been a great three years. It's been pretty fast. It, you know, some days it don't seem that way, but, you know, they always say mm -hmm. days are slow, years are fast. Um, um, it's been, it's went by pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, time does seem to go faster as we all get older. And, and I imagine that those young soldiers just seeing somebody from the top take the time to talk to them 
uh, matters and, and means something to them, actually. Oh, it does. I tell you, you know, my generation, you know, when I went in the Army as a young soldier, I didn't want leadership talking to me. I was just young. Because usually if they were, you were in trouble. You know, so my <laughs> philosophy was tell me where to be, be prepared, prepared to do what, in what uniform, and I'm good to go, leave me alone, I'll show up, do my job, you know. Um, my philosophy is I don't want nobody to know who I am, because usually when they do, it's not always good. So <laughs> right. um, that's not true today. Young, I see young soldiers walk up to me, the generals, and just start talking. Hmm. Um, you know, um, so they liked, they liked the interaction, you know. It's just something that they, they do. So, no, it's been a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So I want to take it back just a little bit and talk about what it was like for you, what it felt like when you realized that you were being selected as Command Sergeant Major of the Army Reserve. Can you tell me about that experience? <laughs> well, you know, to keep my language clean, um, <laughs> you know, I, the, the position was announced once. I did not, I decided not to apply for it. You know, I'd been at my two-star position only. About a year, a little over a year, I qualified to apply, but you know, I enjoyed what I was doing. Um, I, I initially thought, you know, if I got this job, I wouldn't have as much interaction with soldiers, and that's my favorite thing. Um, and unfortunately, as you get each level higher in leadership, you you get a little more disconnected with soldiers. So it just wasn't, you know, do I want to do that? And then when it was announced a second time. Um, you know, quite a few people talked to me and convinced me to put in for it. And, you know, I did. I didn't know who the boss was. I didn't know who Lieutenant General Lucky was. I've never, I had never met him up to that point. So I was like, well, he don't know me. You know, I'll put in for it because I won't get selected. Hmm. Um, you know, my wife and I had talked about it and she said, well, if you get selected, you're not saying no. If you're going to put in for it and you get selected, you, you know, you're going to take it. And I said, well, that ain't going to happen. It's no big deal. Um, you know, so when, when the CG called me, you know, it was kind of a, a little bit of a shock, Yeah. you know, I initially thought he was calling me, telling me thanks for applying and, you know, and all that good stuff. And, um, and when he offered me the job, it was kind of shocking to me. Mm. Um, I guess if, you know, like I said, keep it clean, you know, right. of course in my mind it was like, Oh, S H T. This ain't happening, right? You know, and that was in my mind, you know. Um, you know, um, but otherwise, and then, like I said, after that, you know, it's an honor, as I said earlier, honor, true privilege to serve our soldiers um, and to be at the level that I could possibly really make a difference on, on to soldiers and issues. So after I wrapped my mind around a little bit, it was like, okay, you know. You know, as I usually do, okay, you know, I already starts thinking, wheels are turning, what's, what am I going to do, how am I going to get after it, and of course, mm -hmm. as you, you've heard me say in the past, and you've heard me say several times now, I always, about the NCO Corps, uh, you know, I right. already started thinking, how can I impact the NCO Corps and the whole Army Reserve, so. Yeah, um, yeah, just that, that additional responsibility that goes with that, that's, it's quite the mantle to take on. It, 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 it can be a little overwhelming. Um, you know, I, I, I have a good ability to compartmentize things, um, you know, so I can, I can focus on what I think I want to do. So a lot of that, you know, kind of stress to me is not so much 
don't really affect me as much because I just kind of block it out. You know, I'm going to, you know, get after this. It's something new. Um, I mean, kind of interesting. You know, let's go. You know, once once the decision's made to do it, you know, I just, you know, I, it's it's that self starter initiative thing. I just okay, let you know, you know, how do we, how am I going to get after it? So, and it was a whirlwind because I didn't have mm-hmm. a whole lot of time. You know, yeah. Um, the last CSM up here had been gone, you know, for six seven months. So mm-hmm. the boss wanted me here pretty quick. So I only had like five weeks five, six weeks. And I, there was several things I was doing. There was a school I was going to for a week. So yeah, so it was a whirlwind. So that, that helped, help helped get past that, you know, anxiety that, you know, everybody gets when you get a new bigger job, bigger yeah. scope, a lot more responsibility. So. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if the higher you go, the better you have to be at compartmentalization. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you, you know, you, you, you have to come to realization that you can't know it all. You don't know it all. Um, and you just got to take it day by day and you got to use all your assets. So, you know, and that's, you know, as I was talking to my, my youngest son the other day was, you know, good people, successful people aren't usually always the smartest. They're the ones that surround themselves with smart people. Hmm. And, and give them a power and authority to do what you need them to do to get things done for you. Hmm. Um, you know, and I've always been that way. I always find the good soldiers that do great things and, you know, um, and I utilize them. You know, I don't abuse them, don't get me wrong, but right. I'll let them run, you know. Mm-hmm. Find their niche. And I did that in the civilian world. Um, you find what they really like and what they're good at mm-hmm. and you exploit it and let them do it. Now you always work on their weaknesses, but yeah. um, you get more out of people when you find what makes them tick and you let them do it. So, Oh, definitely. Um, you know, things are being wrapped up now uh, in terms of your time here at Army Reserve Command or Army Reserve Headquarters. So how do you feel hanging up your hat at the job? Well, you know, it's just not hanging up the hat at the job. I'm actually, you know, retiring out of the Army Reserve too. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's like twofold here. It's two things ending, you Mm. know, I've been talking earlier, you know, doing this 35 plus years. Um, The last few weeks, it's probably hit me more than, you know, I thought it would, you you know, you do something this long and it's going to end, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a life changing, you know, thing, but oh, yeah. you know, as I said earlier, yep. Okay. That chapter is closing or this book's closing and now what's next. And you know, that's how I kind of put it in different compartments and okay, it's time to move on. And I'm okay with moving on just like it was when I retired as a police officer. I, I, I don't have a problem walking away from stuff. And sometimes people let their careers and their jobs become really their identity in their life. Hmm. To me, it's never been that problem. So, you know, I enjoyed it while I do it, and then it's time to move on. I'm good with it. It's just something new and something exciting. So, you know, as we wrap up, you know, of course, I, I, I look back on, you know, what things didn't I get done that I wanted to, some things I got started, they're still in pro- process, you know, progress. Mm-hmm. Other things I didn't get to even start because, you know, there's only so much time, effort, money, right. all that good stuff. Um, you know, so trying to, get a good picture on 
you know, when I handed off to Sergeant Major Lombardo that, hey, here's things that are being worked. You know, you gotta, you know, you gotta look at it and decide how you want to finish it, where you want to take it, and then here's things that I think should need to be worked that wasn't high enough priority to get to, and mm-hmm. then you need to, you know, he'll get those and he'll decide, you know, which ones he thinks are worthwhile, and because he'll have, you know, he'll have his own priorities. So, yeah, so wrapping up, walking away, yeah, yeah, it'll, you know, it'll be hard at first, but keep myself busy, and that's how I do it. I'll, I'll move on and. I'll, I'll be full running full stride in something else yeah. before you know long. So, uh, speaking of um, passing things on, uh, what do you hope that your success your successor carries on? Well, so we're going to talk about NCOs again. So <laughs> you know, and he's a firm believer, and he thinks a lot like I do. I know I've known Sergeant Major Lombardo a long time, so um, we've worked together in the past. So you know, he's a firm believer in the NCO Corps like I am, and. You know, will he take it? You know, will he have the same total message? No, I don't know. That'll mm-hmm. be his decision. Um, he'll tweak it, I'm sure, to his his liking. And so I'm assuming he'll keep that going. Um, I think that's important. Um, you know, the, the schools, you know, we work very hard, especially on non-commissioned officer education system on how soldiers are selected to go to school and the process so they can get their, you know, their leadership education, which is important. You know, we've made pretty good strides in that, but there's a lot of work to do. So, you know, I'm pretty sure he'll keep that driving forward because that's, that's extremely important to the Army Reserve, just not our soldiers. Um, right. You know, the standards and discipline, the culture change that we've, we've achieved in three years, mm-hmm. you know, going back to the field, field training, you know, um, all that, you know, it, I, I hope he keeps it going because we need it. We got to, we got to keep going with that. And then he'll come up with other things. I'm sure that'll be good for us. But um, those are probably the the main ones. Yeah, I, I certainly hope he carries that stuff on as well. Um, so I know, you know, someday I will also be hanging up my uniform and I can't imagine that last time you take it off and put it in your closet or wherever you're going to put it. As that day approaches for you, what do you think you'll carry with you as you put the uniform away? Um, you know, pride, probably. You know, um, feel the privilege and honor to have served this long because um, that's what it is. It's not an entitlement. Every person should be proud to get the opportunity to serve. Um, is it hard? Yes. Is it a sacrifice to your family and, and yourself and in Army Reserve to your employers? Absolutely. You know, I'll carry the standards of discipline, you know, the, the physical fitness, you know, as you know, I'm a workout kind of a nut. So, you know, that won't change. Um, mm. My work ethic won't change. You know, I'll, I'll carry that on, haircut. Um, yeah, so I'll... I'll I'll keep driving. I'll keep going. Um, just to be maybe a different little, little theme, a little different flavor on what I do. But um, you know, keep myself fit. Right. You know, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, that won't change. Do you have any, any uh, big plans coming up next, or are you just gonna take some time out? Well, you know, the wife wants me to take some time, so I'll. Uh, who knows? Um, with the, with what's going on with the. COVID and all that, you know, right. jobs. I'm pretty sure right now there isn't any jobs to be had because, you know, everybody's not really working. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I'm looking at starting my own little woodworking business, so hmm. I'm kind of working on that and got my logo set, my name set, you know, looking at Etsy as a place to put it on, you know. It'll be a few years before my Army Reserve pay kicks in, so, you know, I gotta, I'll have to supplement. What's, uh, let me let me explain. So back a few months ago, we did a, a group PT run, the, the command did, and I was mm-hmm. reminded at how I kind of, in some ways, missed that camaraderie from time to time. And it really brought back a lot of vivid memories of, you know, training environments and AIT and all sorts of stuff. What kinds of things do you think that you're going to miss from the Army? Um, the interaction with soldiers, um, the travel and getting to see just not new places, but seeing soldiers doing good stuff. Um, I'll, I'll miss that interaction, you know, but as a lot of people don't know me, you know, if you don't know me very well, I could be a recluse. Mm. You know, I, you know, interacting with people is great, Yeah. but I don't need it. I don't have to do it. Um, you know, the wife and I are very happy with, you know, a date night for us is ordering a pizza and watching a movie, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going anywhere. That's just, you know, so, you know, interaction with social stuff. Yep. I'll miss it. Um, you know, doing good things um, for the Army Reserve and for soldiers, you know, getting a program started or like the, you know, the non-commissioned officer junior leader validation program we got put together and training young NCOs on what we really want from them. I'll miss that kind of stuff because that's, I like to see results if it's good, not because I'm egotistical, but because it's good for soldiers, good for non-commissioned officers. So I'll right. miss that. But like I said, I'll I'll find better, you know, I'll find other stuff to do, not better, but other stuff to do. You know, I'll get the same satisfaction by doing that, that those things and, and to make up for, for what I'll leave behind. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, you've got to do some pretty cool stuff recently. You did that enlistment from space. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, that was kind of neat. So, you know, they across the United States, I think, I'm trying to remember, I think there were 60 some locations where new soldiers coming in recruited into the army all got to you know they all went to a central location in their local area and then uh, um, an astronaut who happened to be an army colonel um, was up on the space station so they beamed him in and he got to talk to him and he swore him in so you know the connection for me was that my hometown is the hometown of Neil Armstrong so um, Hmm. the first man on the moon so you know the the Army Reserve recruiting area and I have worked together recently on stuff. So he, you know, he reached out and invited me because that was one of the places they were, you know, getting the new recruits together. And so they did at my uh, my high school, home hometown high school. So I got to go and hmm. you know I got to speak to about there was about thirty soldiers right there. Got to speak to them for about forty five minutes. You know, active duties. I don't know if there was I don't think there was any guard, but and then Army Reserve soldiers, new ones coming in and. Got to just talk to them about their future a little bit, and um, you know, so that's always good. And they were good. Asked some good questions. I really enjoyed interacting with them, kind of telling them my story a little bit, and um, just to show them that any person from anywhere in the mm-hmm. United States, or you know, anywhere, if you're American, where you're overseas or here, no matter where you're born and raised, don't mean you can't get to somewhere. So. You know, just like me, a small town, very small town, rural Ohio f- farm boy. Yeah. 
got, you know, became the Army, Command Sergeant Major of the Army Reserve, who would have thought? You know, I would have never thought. Yeah. You know, you get to interact with the Sergeant Major of the Army, the Chief of Staff of the Army, you know, at the highest levels, you know, and it's like, well, that, yeah, that can't happen. That way, <laughs> you know. But it, it can. Um, it can. It can happen to anybody if you're willing to put the time and effort and, uh, you know, into it, it can happen. So that, that was a great, that was a great event. It, it went well. That must have been such an interesting experience to stand up there in your old high school and see these young kids and probably even see a little bit of yourself in them. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually a new high school. The old high school is actually our middle school now. But, yeah, no, you're right. It was uh, standing there looking, well, you look at these 17, 18-year-olds and you're thinking, boy, was I ever that age, you know. <laughs> um, but, you, but you were. And just, yeah, yeah, thinking back and it's like, okay, I was that guy or gal many years ago. Didn't really have a clue what the future was, but, you know, had the courage to venture out into something different. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, you know, if you're not from a small town anywhere in the United States, you don't really understand. If you're from a bigger city, you're used to a lot of people, a lot of activity. Yeah. You're from a little area like me. People don't venture out. Mm -hmm. you know, probably 80% of people never leave unless they go on vacation, maybe for a few days. They never leave. So um, it, it is a scary prospect. So it was good to see these young folks, you know, doing it. And I applauded them for it. And um, like I told him, I said, you're taking the biggest adventure and the biggest step in your life by going, you know, leaving here, going to the military, enjoy your time, get your education while you're at it. So if you decide to not stay in the military, you know, you, you, you've improved yourself or you come back home or you come back to somewhere. Um, no, it, it, it was, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy really talking to young folks like that and, trying to get them to see what they're doing is a, is a good thing, but take full advantage of it while they're doing it. So it's almost like your career came full circle. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way, but I guess you're right. You know, pretty much venturing back to, to home, you know, and helping the next group or this group take off, I guess. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's very cool. Um, I wish I could have been there to be a part of it, but I heard it was it was something else. Going forward, uh, what do you hope to leave behind, Sergeant Major? Yeah, I tell you, I, don't, I never like to think that way, but because, um, like I said, it's not about leaving a legacy or I did great things, you know, put my name up on the wall and everybody bows and you go by or nothing. That's not, you know, I, I guess what I leave, be, hope I be, leave behind is the movement, the movement of just not our non-commissioned officers, but our soldiers on changing culture, you know, them realizing how important of what they're doing, but it's also important to do it right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, learn your jobs, get your edu military education, you know, fit it into your busy civilian life because it's crucial. It's very critical because, um, you know, as a soldier, you know, we, we are obligated to the citizens of the United States to do what's required when they ask us to do it. Mm -hmm. And if you're not trained right, if you're not prepared, you know, things could go bad, you know, things go bad anyways, because that's life. And, right. Um, but it could go worse if, if you're not trained and ready. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always try to get that across to my young NCOs, even my older NCOs, 
you know, if you don't train your soldiers the best of your ability, what are you going to, you know, can you look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, afterwards, if things went bad, mm-hmm. could I have, could I have done it better? Could I, you know, train them better? You know, you'll do that anyways. Well, you should as a, as a leader, you know, you'll do that anyways. But if you didn't, it, it's just, wow, you know, how do you live with yourself, you know? So, you know, I, I guess I hope I leave behind that, you know, I've moved the needle. I moved the needle. I improved the foxhole mm-hmm. and it, and, it, and the momentum's there so it keeps going. I guess that's the biggest thing. What is one piece of advice you would want to give to a young NCO? One piece of advice. Wow. That's a, that's a good one. Um, I'm saying well, this because this may be, you know, one of the last recordings people hear of you yeah. CSM, so. I guess my one piece of advice is do the best you can. Make, make you know, give the effort. Um, don't mean you're always going to be successful, and that's okay. Because nobody is. I never was. I, I failed a lot of times. But, you know, give your best effort. And attempt to do the right thing every day and the impact and the changes you'll make where you realize it or not will be will be outstanding hmm. yeah, actually you know I do want to ask one more thing um, and that's that you know all of us go through a lot of ups and downs through our career you know we have some times we're sitting real high and we have some times we're sitting pretty low and we have a lot of uh, people out there right now who are sitting pretty low due to life circumstances. Because your career has been one of endurance and um, you figured out how to get through this, what would you say to the soldier who's, you know, had his defeats and uh, sitting at the bottom of one of those valleys? Um, you know, having a defeat or having failure is not... Well, I would say it, it is totally bad. I'm the type of person that learns, you know, from hands-on doing and not getting it right. Um, so I, I always, always, I always had the perspective of there's always a silver lining in the cloud. I know that's probably not heard of anymore, but that's just always when I grew up. Hey, there's always a silver lining in every cloud. So even in the Bad as dark as day, I can always see something good. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't let myself stay there very long. I tell you, you know, life will tell you I, I'm probably very bad about it, But if I get upset, mm-hmm. it, it's very shocking if an hour or two later I'm still upset. I've already moved on. Um, and if I fail, I always try to, okay, Why? Try to learn something from it, regroup, make a new plan, make a new goal, reasonable goal, and start again. Mm-hmm. Um, because my philosophy has always been life can always be worse. Um, you know, yep, COVID's bad, jobs, you know, people are out of jobs, they have to stay home, which, you know, compounds it, you know, because we're a society of moving and doing and 100, 100 miles an hour. In everybody's mind, they should think it could be worse. You know, if you're married and got children, 
do you, you know, are your children healthy? Are, are you and your spouse healthy? Are your parents, you know, if, if so, good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but a lot of people, their spouse, their children, or their parents, or someone in their family isn't in good health. Um, so, you know, when you sit there, you know, and when I sit there and said, uh, boo, you know, I know this probably sounds callous, but instead of sitting there and boo-hooing about myself, you know, how bad I got it, I always think about there's people that's got it worse. Um, they could have lost somebody they love. They could, you know, um, and that's worse. Right. So um, my advice is, yep, it, it, it you know, I hate to, I'm going to say it. Yep, it may suck right now, but could it be worse? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, could it be worse for you? And and you know, and try to use that as a way of getting yourself to think out of your you know, your, your, your funk out of your dark hole and say, okay, it could be worse. So how can I keep, you know, I'm going to, you know, good attitude and, and, you know, keeping yourself upbeat will go a long ways. And, and that's always been my philosophy, you know, yeah. there's been days I've been unhappy, but it don't last long. And, and I just, you know, I, I okay, what can I do better or what can I do? And I, I just do it. And, um, I guess I've always have, I don't know, you know, I guess it's just natural to me, but because hmm. I don't like to be unhappy. I don't like to be miserable, just like people don't like to get up in the morning. Well, you know, I don't always like to get up neither, but if you get up and get moving, it makes it better. If you get up and mope around and pff, it makes your morning terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, so a lot of people always, oh, you're a morning person. Well, I don't know if I am, but I don't like to be miserable. So I guess it appears to be I'm a you know morning person. Um, so I guess some people say that's callous. My thought process may be, you know, limited or, you know, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people may listen to this and say, oh, yeah, you're just so full of it. But no, it's just you, you, you got you to gotta always look for, the, look for the good stuff. You know, it's just right. like our resiliency training, you know. Yeah. Hunt for the good stuff. Always look for the good stuff because there is good stuff if you're married. That's a good thing. If you got children, that's a good thing. So whatever, you know, not having, you know, not working right now and sitting at home and can't do much. But if you have a healthy family and that's all good, then, hey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It will it will change. Like, just like the sun going down, the sun coming up, it will change. Yeah. So, um, so my advice to everybody is find what you'd like to do and when you're, you know, when things seem bad, do that thing you really like to do, whether it's fishing, hunting, riding your motorcycle, riding a bike, whatever it is. Yeah. Go do it. Get yourself back to where you need to be. Re-ener- you know, re-energize, recharge, regroup, and, 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 and come back. I just want to personally thank you for your service and your time in uniform. And uh, I want to wish you the le- best of luck on whatever is next for you, Sergeant Major. I appreciate that, and for any listeners, it, I've been proud to be your command sergeant major, and you know, good luck to all of you. Thank you, sergeant major. Thank you for joining us today on this edition of the Leaders Corner. Stay tuned for future podcasts highlighting news that is relevant to you. For more Army Reserve news, go to usar.army.mil. We'll see you next time. <laughs>